here we are once again in the studios of Shaped by the Word, otherwise known as the Kindergarten Room at uh, Christ Church, <laughs> which is appropriate. Welcome to Day 330 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. And uh, a good shout out to uh, Catherine Curry, who likes not only to listen to the podcast, but to watch the podcast. Hi, Mom. All right. We are in uh, one of my favorite sections of, uh, of John's Gospel. Uh, when we think about Jesus' teaching, there are two very rich deposits of Jesus' teaching, obviously, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. But uh, here we have what many scholars have called the Upper Room Discourse, where Jesus prepares his disciple for uh, the coming loss of their master on the cross and his return to heaven. This is one of the most beautiful sections on the Holy Spirit and on the gospel as a whole. And it is uh, deeply rich. This is only included in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Luke has some of the Sermon on the Mount in his his Gospel. Mark has a lot of the parables, but this is a rich section of teaching. So before we read chapter 14 together, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Um, Matt, you mind lifting us up in prayer? Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus and, and thankful for the means that um, you've given to us to be able to record um, this podcast together, to reflect on your word and, um, and to dive into your heart. And so, Father, we, we do ask as we um, spend time in John 14 uh, today that you would use it uh, to grow us up in Christ Jesus, use it for your glory and, and our joy. And, and, Father, would you give us um, the wisdom as we read your word, um, help us to handle it rightly, to respond to it appropriately. Um, to believe and and to repent. Uh, Father, we thank you for um, this time together. Uh, as we draw near to you, would you draw near to us? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I've been doing and will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But 
Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advent... Turn too many pages. <laughs> All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what the Father commanded me. Come, now let us leave. Well, that was an unfortunate page turn right in the middle of a very gripping <laughs> speech by Christ. One of the most uh, interesting things, you know, in chapter 14 is as Jesus is explaining uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit and explaining his return to the Father and being glorified in the Father's presence. Uh, the disciples are absolutely not tracking with him. Yeah. They have no idea what he is talking about. And, of course, they're expecting a different kind of kingdom. They're expecting a different kind of agenda. And Jesus is laying out his heart before him. And uh, these are some of the most incredibly encouraging passages to us. But we can only imagine if we were in their place, we would have the same kind of questions. Sure. And so you even have Philip saying, Man, if we could only see the Father, that would be enough for us. And Jesus said, you have you have seen him and you do know him. Mm -hmm. uh, so an incredible passage. What are some of the things that uh, stand out in this passage? It's hard to miss the, the first line. I, you know, you talk about so many encouraging things, and mm -hmm. it's easy to read this passage and, and to think on, man, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's the one who sends the Spirit. Now the Spirit you know, dwells in us, and he leads us into all truth and teaches us all things. And I mean, all, all those encouragements and to almost just missed the very first verse where he says do not let your hearts be troubled you, know, you believe in god believe also in me and right after he told peter you're going to deny me you know three times he, he then turns to them and says you know do not let your hearts be troubled and what an invitation to us you know, is just for for us to kind of hear the words of jesus to us do not let your hearts be troubled and we've talked about this many times but sometimes we read heart in scripture as if it's just like don't let your don't be emotional you know or and we kind of then there's definitely no time to be emotional <laughs> you know we've equated heart with emotions and and this is you know, the heart's the center of who you are when you read scripture and, and jesus is saying you know you you know in all that you are do not be troubled mm -hmm. you believe in god believe also in me and this this tying up together of you know not letting our hearts be troubled you know, because of our belief in who God is and who Jesus is. And so I just love that invitation and really command, do not let your hearts be troubled. And of course, you've made a really good you know point there. He has just delivered, you know, some really hard news about the disciples scattering, of course, Peter uh, denying him. Mm -hmm. But even in the delivering of the hard news, Jesus says on a couple of occasions in the upper room discourse, I've told you about this ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Even the calamities that you're about to face, I've told you about them ahead of time that so when they happen, you will believe and you will know uh, that the Father is, is in control of all things. And so our comfort is uh, in you know, what Jesus has told us, that it will be difficult, that it will be painful, that we will experience our times. And you've already told Peter, 
and that he'll fail him. But even in that, there's a sense of encouragement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he's already told them uh, that he will restore him as well. Yeah, and really to go along with the verse that struck you, Matt, is the verse that strikes me is when Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. And because there's going to be a time where they feel left and they are scattered and um, don't know what to do. And it's just such an encouraging word that, and I love just the picture that, you know, I won't leave you as orphans. In fact, you will be adopted. You will be, you will have the spirit in you. You will be called children of God and you will be empowered by my spirit, um, by me. And then just the whole, the whole concept of the father is in me and I am in the father and I am in you. (laughs) It's just, it can be so confusing, but it's also when you kind of let go of trying to understand the concept of that and you just see the beauty of that, um, that he has chosen to abide and indwell us. Um, that's deeply encouraging, but yeah. Do you want to explain all that, Paul? (laughs) Well, no, I didn't No, It is very rich because we're talking about our union in Christ in the same way. Uh, and the Spirit and the Father are one, and the Son and the Spirit and the Father are one. Uh, so we are one with Him. We have been incorporated with Christ in such a way that He is in us, and we are in Him. And so the language is used both ways. Obviously, you know, it's beyond our ability to comprehend, mm-hmm. uh, but it is also a source of great comfort that we are so brought into union with Christ that we enjoy the fellowship of the Trinity, yeah. uh, you know, as, as God's people. So it's not uh, that we are. Uh, separate from but through union in Christ we are brought into and enjoy the presence of God mm-hmm. and have all of the benefits the of benefits. his presence yeah. you know in us I, I'm a little more simple I you know all the way from the start I, I like what you know Jesus said in my father's house there are many rooms and of course that's an ancient picture as a family would get larger they would keep adding rooms and keep adding rooms and so even a new you know a new husband and a bride would join the rest of the family in his you know large family house and uh, you, of course you have that you know picture that uh, I'm adding a room on to the father's house for you not so much the old song where we all get a mansion up over the hilltop <laughs> but uh, which is this is far better we get to live right there with him and be right there in his presence but I also just love the little statement if this were not true I wouldn't have told you mm. uh, in other words I'm not just telling you you know things to make you feel better right. and to comfort you but everything I'm telling you is based on on, on truth and this is the genuine hope you have yeah. because these are the words the father has given me and that I am giving you and, and what a beautiful portrait you know of our future in him and then uh, you have the really enigmatic statement one that's the most hard to believe is uh, that uh, those who believe in Jesus will do even greater things than he has done mm-hmm. because he is you know, going to the Father. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, what Jesus is talking about is not so much that all of us will go out and, and walk across the lake or, you know, divide bread and fishes and things like that. But as far as uh, taking the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the world, uh, we'll move well beyond, you know, what, you know, Jesus, you know, what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful gift. I do love that. Oh, yeah. You know, where he talks about the advocate mm-hmm. uh, so many different translations so many different ways to translate this word the word is a parakaleo which just means someone who's called alongside and that's probably how I would translate it I will send another one to come beside you uh, but not only do you hear I will send another one to come beside you 
I, you do hear, you know, in Katie's, you know, uh, the verse Katie was talking about on that, leave you as orphans. I myself will come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be present. And of course, there's more of I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and you are, you are in me mm-hmm. through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and both the Father and the Son richly indwell us. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. I love, and he says it like twice or three times that he says, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. Anyone who loves me will be will keep my commands. He says it twice or three times in like one paragraph. And But what I've noticed is that each time he says that, he follows it by saying, and the Spirit is going to be with you. And so the Spirit is going to empower us to keep his commands. You know, we're not going to have to do it on our own. And I just love that he, you know, he knows that we can't. He knows that we will fall short. And, and what a wonderful thing that he has um, sent us, the advocate to help us and be with us forever, the spirit of truth, verse 16, 17. And, and of course, there's two ways you can read that. Uh, you can read that as a conditional statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that you prove your love for me is by keeping my commands. Or you can uh, read that as a result statement. The fact that you love me will be proved in your delight in me and your desire to live a life that pleases me and, and of course there's a couple of nice promises you know that come along with that uh that uh, uh i too will love them and i will show myself to them mm-hmm. you know as we're walking in his presence and enjoying his presence and walking in obedience to him we begin to see more and more of who he is manifested in our life not just because we're sitting in a corner doing theology but because we're doing life with him and the more we do life with him uh, walking with him in response to who he is, the greater we see that. And uh, uh, the Father, too, will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Of course, he's already said, I am in you, and you are in me, and uh, we are in all of it, in each other. But what he's talking about is, is that sense of his presence uh, becomes richer and richer to us the more we walk with him and the more we respond to his grace uh, by walking in that grace. I love, you know, one of the things that stood out to me as we're reading this and hearing us talk about it is just how confident Jesus was in what he will do, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's just his authority on display that like his departure from the earth doesn't mean he departs from authority here and now, but in fact, when he is seated at the right hand of the Father, you know, when he's raised up, see the session, you, you have him saying, I will do this, I will do this, you know, I will do this. And, and just the reminder that you, I mean, and students ask like, what is Jesus doing now? I mean, he's been telling us all on the way what he will be doing. And, and those greater works that we will do, you know, through belief in him is, is because he is still at work yeah. know, in us through, by his spirit. It's not a, a departure and, you know, hope we make it on our own. But, like, you know, I will. I will do whatever you ask in my name. No, you Jesus, name, you know, Jesus in his current session or um, you know, at the Father's right hand is uh, supernaturally guiding all things together uh, to fulfill God's purposes. He is praying for each other, each of us uh, and advocating for each of us, and he stands with each of us uh, so that we're not ever orphaned in, in any direction. So he is living and reigning and, and ruling now uh, you know, from heaven, and of course we'll live and reign and rule you know, in a new heaven and a new earth. Just one more you know, quick comment where Jesus said the prince of the world is coming, and it's going to look like he's winning, but he's not. It's really just proof of my obedience to the Father and of the Father's desire to redeem his people. And in the same way he holds no sway over Jesus, he ultimately holds no sway over us because we are in him. And he'll later encourage us, you know, greater is the one who is in us 
than the one who is in the world. Father, thank you for the encouraging words of our Lord. We thank you that even though it's beyond our comprehension that uh, the Father is in the Son and the Son is in the Father and we are in the Son, uh, we thank you for the comfort of knowing that you have brought us into a deep fellowship with you uh, and have offered us everything that you are uh, so that we may know you, walk with you, and in living lives that are pleasing to you, be filled with your joy for your glory. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.